0: Welcome to the DadBod podcast. This is our Christmas special. We need you to do like a ho, ho, ho for our transitions.
1: Ho, ho, ho.
0: (laughs) That's perfect. This is a Christmas episode, but we are talking about Christmas themes like Santa Claus and the Elf on the Shelf. So if you have kids that don't want to be exposed to these adult themes, then (laughs) then don't listen to the podcast around them. Play the music. Hold the ho, show the world, who you are, show them just what
1: like they have been. Here. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, if you don't celebrate
0: Christmas, ho, ho, ho. So it's been a while since we recorded and I wanted to do some follow-up before we jumped into the Christmas special. And one thing I wanted to touch on was our last episode, which was the Halloween special, I think was the most divisive episode we've done and had the most feedback too. Everyone, it seemed like, was talking to me about this. So my dad got mad at me for calling Halloween a holiday. My mom got mad at me for saying that Mother's Day wasn't higher on the list of the holiday rankings. My in-laws got mad at me because apparently they're circus peanuts people. What? My friend <laughs> friends got mad at me for vanilla tootsie rolls. We got called out on Facebook. So overall, there was a lot of um, there are a lot of hot takes out there. <laughs> did you get any feedback from that episode?
1: I did. I did. I think. Uh... I had some people tell me, especially my coworkers, who were like, "I can't believe you didn't have more chocolate up on the list. Um, chocolate should be first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. Um, I, I got a lot of people who gave me a hard time about like Swedish fish and some of the gummy candies I like because I, I think that's I think that's a controversial take. I'm okay with that. I can I can take that. That's controversial.
0: Any other? How did Halloween go with your kids? By the way.
1: So, uh, truth be told, we still have probably. We probably still have 15 pounds of Halloween candy in our house <laughs> because, like, I only give my kids like one or two candies a day, and it's like the ultimate leverage. So, if I had a penny for every time I've threatened to throw away all the Halloween candy, I would be filthy rich right now. <laughs> and uh, I had a bout with my youngest the other day where she she hit her sister, and all she had to do was say she was sorry to like not be in trouble, and she refused. So, like, I put her in her crib, I put her nose in the corner. I threatened all these things. I, she would not say she was sorry. It took a, over an hour. Finally, I just started pulling her Halloween candy out. I started taking the candies and one by one throwing them in the garbage. And she's screaming bloody murder at me. I'm like, all right, I'll stop. Just say you're sorry to your sister. She would not do it. So finally, like, I get all of her candy into the garbage. And now, I'm, now I'm emptying the kitchen garbage into the dumpster and she's freaking out and she's like oh, and right as i'm about to drop it in the she's like i'm sorry <laughs> and i was like i cannot believe what i had to get through to get you to say you're sorry it is unbelievable the the dog and pony show and then now i'm pulling candy out of the garbage that's surrounded by real garbage back into her bucket so she'll stop her crying so yeah
0: man it's like uh throwing away someone's clothes and then taking them <laughs> the play-doh's closet <laughs> there's nothing like that you're just bringing up all the to getting me in trouble oh man so you dug out all the candy from the trash it sounds like you got
1: played <laughs> yeah I, I mean i don't claim to be a pro at this thing <laughs> this this podcast is more therapy for me than it is anything else another follow-up item i just wanted to give a
0: shout out to my sister-in-law emma who recommended our podcast to her entire company thanks emma for uh, spreading the message Another update on potty training. Last episode or two episodes ago, I said that we were potty trained. And I feel like George Bush on the aircraft carrier when he said that, like, we've won the Iraq war or whatever. (laughs) And it was like six years. Or no new taxes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because we're very much still potty training. So (laughs) I just want to be transparent here.
1: (laughs) I just I just remember this is your first child you've ever potty trained, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. That makes sense. Yeah, children revert. Like, uh, you're gonna tell me again that uh, Luke's potty trained in February, and then in July you're like, ah, we're still potty training. Like, kids just go back and forth. It's it's not a really clean process. I say this, of course, and then we'll get a response that says, oh, I potty trained my kid in 48 hours. I'm like, yeah, that's that's not normal.
0: What would you what would you qualify as potty trained? Like, is it every time they go to the bathroom, or is it a threshold of like 90% of the time they go to the bathroom?
1: Yeah, I would say that occasionally there's a slip-up, but it's definitely rare. Yeah. Like, like if he's doing it more than once a week, then he's not potty trained.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's not potty trained then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe once a week's not good. I mean, by that standard, my wife's never potty trained when she's pregnant, but... <laughs> Sweetie, I hope you don't listen to this episode <laughs> after
0: the episode i talked to mary and i and the first thing she said to me was i need some kind of platform to to re- <laughs> to, to have a rebuttal <laughs> uh,
1: so what we should do is we should uh, before we drop these episodes we should have them listen to them and then they get like our wives can get on for like five or ten minutes and rebut everything <laughs> they need to for
0: us we should we should do every other so we'll release an episode and then they can release an episode where they correct it and then talk. And then we can correct them and then just, you know, just go back and forth.
1: Yeah, I like this. Ho, ho, ho.
0: So this is our Christmas special.
1: I want to give a shout out because I have several coworkers who may or may not be listening and who are atheists and say, hey, look, we celebrate Christmas for the cultural aspects of it. We love it. In fact, some of my coworkers are like, hey, my boyfriend and I are both atheists. And, uh, we are way in he she's like, "My boyfriend loves singing Christmas carols, obviously not the super religious ones, but like deck the halls and and the ones about Santa Claus and things they love that stuff and i I think that I have been really close minded about that, and I thought that was pretty cool to to recognize that so anyone who celebrates festivities this year, this podcast is for you. It's not exclusive to those who celebrate the traditional uh judeo Christian elements of the holidays.
0: way to welcome everyone, Chris. That's what I'm here for so the first the first thing I have. Um, on the topic of Christmas is the elf on the shelf. Basically, you have this elf and he's watching you all the time. It's like this stuffed doll and you can't touch the elf if you're a kid. Well, no one can touch the elf. And he's taking notes on if you're bad or, or good. And every night he moves around and basically the, uh, the parents move him around and the kids wake up the next day and he's in a different place. And did I get that all right? Have you done the elf on the shelf? Do you know about
1: it? So, yes, you got it right. Um, I do know about it, and the origins of it is it was invented by the Antichrist. <laughs> and uh, so, here's the thing, when when you're doing, uh, anything you're doing, anytime people tell me about ideas or things to do, with parenting, I'm always like, what's the ROI? Okay, let's take a look at this. And the ROI, if you're doing a, a business case for the Elf on the Shelf, is like, it's an automatic loser. If it, if we were a company, every single company is doing Elf on the Shelf is going out of business, because the amount of work that you have to put into it is absurd one of those things where your wife's waking you up at two in the morning, like shaking you, like oh, did you move? Did you move the elf? And uh, every single night you're doing that. You're if you forget once, you have to make an excuse for your kids. It's like it's it's like Luke hasn't lost any teeth yet. My children have lost teeth, and I have like forgotten to be the tooth fairy until like six in the morning. I'm leaving for work. I'm scrambling to the nearest Walmart to get cash back to run back and get change and put a one under their pillow. It's like you have that, except they're losing a tooth every single night for the entire month. <laughs>
0: Tell us how you really feel, Chris. <laughs>
1: well, I just, uh, I mean, and I don't know that, that kids are are really changing their behavior to be better because of the elf. But, you, I mean, you tell me what you think. Um, initially, I thought it was pretty strange
0: because I'd never heard of it. So, and, and the elf is interesting looking. Um, <laughs>
1: it's not interesting looking. It looks like it's going to gnaw your brain out in
0: your sleep. I just think dolls with, like, those painted faces in general, it's hard to make them look normal, right? And, like... <laughs> not a little uh evil so i do think one one thing i was talking to mary about it and and i did see this with like my nephews was the kids get really excited about it they get really really um happy and and interested in seeing like where the elf is now and and i so she pointed out that as being one of the pros and i guess some of our friends that that we know do it and and kind of Keep doing it because of because of that reason. So I could see that. I I agree. It seems like a lot of work. I don't know how I feel about telling my kids these things that are obviously like false.
1: So you don't, you you've told Luke, hey, look, tell your friends this: no fat man going down the chimney giving <laughs> you presents. I haven't. Santa Claus is fake. <laughs> don't believe in fairies. Tooth fairy is not real. Um uh don't have have dreams of being anything other than like a minimum wage wage worker,
0: <laughs> okay, okay, whoa, whoa whoa, <laughs> mister uh, dramatic there here's how I'm gonna work it out. I think in my mind because I grew up with Santa Claus and all those other things, those are like tolerable things, but because I didn't have the elf on the shelf i I feel like that crosses crosses a line, but I'm still not totally sure on Santa Claus like i haven't I don't hit the Santa Claus things thing home really hard but i also um i also haven't told him like you know the, the truth about santa claus but i'm still not sure like i'm still working it out i still have yeah i'm still not sure about it are you all in on santa claus
1: so i am i mean christina and i are i mean the way it work for me is i don't remember a specific moment where i didn't know santa claus was real My parents, just like every year we had presents from Santa Claus, even when I was 18, there was just, you know, there was always like a couple presents from Santa Claus just to keep it going. I think we realized naturally over time and my parents still just, hey, we have gifts from Santa. It was just kind of a fun tradition. And I feel like the same kind of thing. My kids are going to find out. They'll probably find out sooner rather than later. This might be the last year where they totally believe that they're six. And so they'll be in second grade next year. And I just feel like each year they're in two separate classes. That means only one out of 60 kids to Tell my kids that Santa Claus isn't real. I just think that's super unlikely not to happen, you know, at some point next year. So, saying all that, um, I, uh, I, I, we've gone forward with it. And I, part of it is I just love the magic of kids and wonder and excitement. And I think part of what makes Christmas fun is believing in that kind of magic. And I, I don't want to see that die because when it's gone, it's gone, you know?
0: Yeah, I totally get that. And I'm, I'm here, like, I'm not going to judge anyone for talking about santa claus or or doing it whatever way um for me and and i don't think it necessarily like ruins kids if you like t- tell them that santa claus is real but i feel like there's a way to do it i'm trying to think this about this for myself like that we have this cool tradition of this myth of santa claus like we know he's not real but it's just like this myth of this person coming around and giving presents and i feel like there's still a way to like capture the like magic of that without totally like selling people on like your kids on the idea of, of Santa Claus. I haven't really worked it out in my mind. And so that's why I can't really pull the trigger and and talk to my kids about it. Um, but I feel like there is a way to, to still keep that magic without, without saying like, this is a real guy who lives in the North pole. He's, you know, literally doing all these things so i just don't know how to do it i'm stuck if anyone has any ideas or thoughts or stuff that they've had um send it my way but do you do you feel like it harms kids teaching them about santa claus
1: no because i think you can transition that as they get older to look santa claus may not be real but the spirit of giving is real and you know uh, the there was once a person who did this and which is why we so believe in Santa Claus today. And you can kind of tell the the story of the real St. Nicholas and how we try to repurpose that, his memory and how we give gifts now. And I still think there's, there's value in that. I, I think I'm skeptical just from my childhood and from other kids that, there's gonna be trust issues or other things that come from kids long term as a result of them believing in Santa Claus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I have here on the show notes, um, that your kids you wanna tell the story about your kids asking if Santa Claus sees them.
1: <laughs> yeah, so my kids are starting to get to the age where they're asking lots of questions, like, Hey, we don't have a g- chimney, so how does Santa Claus get in? And hey, we just sat on Santa's lap at the other mall and this mall, Santa Claus looks very different. I'm like, don't ah, know yeah, he's he's just uh he was really tired the other time, so his beard is a little bit grayer, or that kind of thing. So um, so now we've told our kids, hey, you better be good, because Santa Claus gives you coal if you're not good, and he gives you good presents and more presents if you are good. You're either naughty or you're nice. And uh, I appreciate the fact that Santa is so binary with a naughty or nice list, because kids are binary, so it, it works out well. There's no nuance there. <laughs> um so it's really hard because you could have siblings where one kid just barely crosses the line to naughty and all of a sudden he's getting coal. <laughs> so um, anyway, so now the other day, uh, you know, the, the girls are getting out of the tub and I'm like, girls, all right, go change. And so they go in the, they go in the room, they go change and uh, they come out and they're like, Dad, Santa Claus is watching us if we're naughty or nice. Right? I'm like, yeah, totally. Santa Claus is totally watching you. And they're like, oh, so Santa Claus sees us when we get out of the tub and we're changing. I was like, "Ah, uh, no definitely does not. So anyway, so, uh, so yeah, I had to clarify that. So I think there's elements that you have to, you know, clear up, but kids are super literal. So
0: any other, any other good questions around Santa Claus that you had to field? That's part of the reason I don't, I don't like the idea is like coming up with all these like stories about Santa Claus.
1: Well, okay. So, well, we're, we're Christian, right? And, uh, and so our children, uh, our children, like we, we teach them about the birth of Jesus Christ and and for us, that's the main element of Christmas. And we try to make that the focal point. Well, my daughter, one of my daughters was actually telling me the other day that, Dad, it's hard to believe in Jesus when you tell us that certain things aren't magic. And, uh, you know, we're starting to figure out that the Harry Potter wands don't actually do what you say they're going to do. And so and they're starting to realize that there's less magic in the world. They're getting older. And so I'm worried that, uh, uh, you know, that there could be some conflating of, well, if the magic of Santa isn't real, is the magic of uh you know the Son of God coming to earth, that kind of thing being real so uh you know i I think that may be a point in your column as to how they conflate those kind of things, yeah. No that's interesting
0: yeah, so how do you did you address that specifically with them, or what do you do?
1: Yeah, we kind of addressed it and said you know we've got uh, we've got the Bible, it talks about his life on earth you know, and there's a record of people who were there with him, and it's a little bit different and that kind of stuff, and I think they're young enough to where it's fine, they they trust us, they believe it, but uh it, it was it was interesting,
0: yeah, that's interesting, yeah, I think when I was thinking about the Santa Claus thing, that's one thing I considered was it's another opportunity for my kids to say, hey. You know you're misleading here, and I I don't want to give him many opportunities to have those have those examples.
1: Ho, ho, ho!
0: So we're going to talk about presents. That's obviously a big part of this season, and one of the big things that comes up around this time is philosophies on how many presents to get your kids. What is there a magic number? Is there a certain um, certain rule that you use? So. In your guys' household, you have what's your guys' philosophy around getting presents for kids?
1: So, uh, I would say that we where we try to be pretty conservative. We always feel like our kids get way more than they should get. It's always the case. And part and a huge reason for that is because I feel like there's so many more gift exchanges. We do a gift exchange with siblings on each side, and we do a gift exchange with a sibling, they're gonna get our kids presents, and then grandparents and uh, my parents are divorced, so we usually get presents from two sets of grandparents. My side plus Christina's parents. And then uh and then sometimes we do you know, gift exchange with neighbors and all this stuff. So it's just like it feels like they get a ton of presents and spoiled from extended family. And then it's really easy as a parent to lose track of all these things. They're like, Oh, we gotta get stuff for the stocking and and you try to even it out, like, oh, one of the kids didn't get as much as the other kids, and now we gotta even that because the other present was too big and we gotta, you know get the other one something small. And so I just feel like we try to be very conservative and by trying to be conservative we still end up thinking that they get too much and but we we have we haven't totally nailed this down is i guess the long answer i should be saying
0: yeah i i can identify with that i i think we feel similarly and we kind of try and build in other people's gifts to our kids into the equation so oh, we're going to get them these things, but then also they're going to get tons of stuff from their grandparents, from other people.
1: So we try and... F- you like to tell them the stuff grandpa and grandma gave them is actually from you?
0: That's right, yeah. We like to take credit for all all the gifts. So we just scratch <laughs> it out and say, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, but in our, just our mental calculations of, you know, how much, how much toys and presents we want to ha- our kids to have for Christmas, uh, we always consider just, you know, they're going to get a lot more from other people. So... What we typically do is just kind of set a a monetary amount like our budget for the Christmas season and then call out, you know, how much we'll spend on each kid. Um and and go off of that, but I've I have heard, I've seen on the internet, you know, some people have they do like three gifts based off of the three gifts given to the to baby Jesus and and they kind of pull themes from that. So one thing that The kid needs one thing that the kid wants and then one thing that i can't remember the third one so
1: have you heard of those types
0: of things where there's kind of like a theme to to each present
1: yeah i like that um it's harder for us because we have twins and the twins generally share most of their gifts because i mean they're at the age now we get them a lot of like craft stuff so a lot of like uh uh you know they got a thing to make friendship bracelets they got a thing to make um to to do their nails and do some fun things like that and so they're they're really into that kind of stuff and so we have a lot of joint gifts so i it's it makes it harder for us to put a a cap on a number and say this is for you this is for you because if i give one craft thing to one sibling one to the other they're going to fight i have to have them share them or it's going to be trouble but i do i do like the idea and i think it's a good concept and it makes it so that you have really thoughtful you have to be really thoughtful about each individual gift instead of Oh, that looks good. Let's add that. That looks good. It's not very expensive. Let's add that. So I, I, I think it's a good idea. I just haven't been able to execute on that thus far.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I do too. When I heard it, I thought it was interesting. I'd be interested to hear if anyone else has ideas like that that they do that they've seen that have worked really well, or, or strategies that they've had um, in terms of giving gifts to their kids. Uh, we'd love to hear about it. It's. I think it's always good to bounce these ideas off of each other and, and kind of find out what what works the best.
1: Ho, ho.
0: Oh. So Christmas movies Mary is a big fan of the she is a fan of the Hallmark channel and the Netflix movies and the Lifetime all all the movies. So there've been a lot of movies on recently,
1: a lot of Christmas movies. So, uh I'm I'm fairly traditional when it comes to this stuff. I actually I'm really traditional. Home Alone is a must at Christmas. Uh Die Hard is a must at Christmas. <laughs> That is a Christmas movie. It's a spectacular Christmas movie. Um uh, uh, The Grinch. Um I also like the old school animated version, not the Jim Carrey version. And then uh It's a Wonderful Life. I think I watch that every single Christmas. My wife loves to watch White Christmas, which is also a very traditional uh movie that's probably 70 years old. So um those are kind of the top ones we cycle through. What about you?
0: Yeah, we burned through pretty much all the Hallmark ones. <laughs> um, I do like Home Alone and I don't watch it every Christmas. I should though. I th- I feel like that's a great Christmas movie. I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. What?
1: Yeah, I know. I need to see. It's a Wonderful Life is the Citizen Kane <laughs> of Christmas movies.
0: Yep, I've heard.
1: You uh you need to do me a favor. Before Christmas, you or on Christmas, you need to watch that with your wife. It's it's a great movie. It's aged well.
0: Okay, I'll watch it. Um, I've got i I have gotten in like I'm ashamed to admit this, but some of the Hallmark movies I like. I think they're all right. You know, there's this one called "The Twelve Dates of Christmas."
1: (laughs) It's called "The Twelve Dates of Christmas."
0: Yeah. And I I realized this.
1: I'm really excited to see where this goes.
0: (laughs) I feel like there are a lot of Christmas movies that just take popular movies and then they add like a Christmas theme to them and they make them. So the 12 dates of Christmas is like Groundhog's Day, except she relives like Christmas Eve every day or something. It's either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. I think it's Christmas Eve or sometime in the Christmas season. And she (laughs) goes on a date with uh, Zach Morris from Save by the Bell. (laughs) Over and over again Excellent. until she like figures out like she's kind of a jerk. But in the end, she like figures out like the true meaning of Christmas. So one fun thing that we did last year was we'd watched so many that we started coming up with uh, some of our own ideas for plots. So yeah. I wanted to share a few of these with you and just uh, get your reaction. See how <laughs> how well do you think they would do? So
1: this is amazing. I, if it's all right with you, I'd like to uh, spur the moment, instant reaction uh. Sh- You know, shout out some uh, suggestions for casting.
0: Okay, sure. All right, so group of gangbangers enter a local Christmas talent show only to find out they are competing against a band of orphans and soldiers home for the holidays.
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Kind of think if you could be more emotionally manipulative. I'm having a hard time, but maybe you'll top yourself here in just a moment. This feels like uh, Adam Sandler, Will Smith, David Spade. Yeah. I can see
0: that. All right, millennial finds the true meaning of Christmas through yoga and juicing.
1: This is like one of the actors from High School Musical.
0: <laughs> Zach Efron,
1: yeah. <laughs> Zach Efron, boom.
0: Okay. An Uber driver saves Christmas when Santa's sleigh breaks down.
1: Okay, how about uh, how about the the main guy from A Social Network?
0: Jesse Jesse Eisenberg.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> All right, this is the last one. Modern-day Grinch opts to steal identities over presents. <laughs> I feel like that would be Jesse Eisenberg.
1: <laughs> oh my god, you're right. Why don't you combine the last two into the same one? Yeah, those are good. Yeah, that's good. So
0: those are ideas after uh, watching hundreds of videos, so
1: Yeah, um, I'm not sure if you've convinced me to watch them, but um, <laughs> I will say that my six-year-old daughters do enjoy those Netflix Christmas <laughs> movies. So you you have something in common with my kids.
0: Ho, ho, ho. So we recently did at work a white elephant gift exchange, which is a popular Christmas tradition. And I don't participate in these anymore, especially at work, because they they do kind of weird. I always grew up with white elephants being you just brought like a silly, like funny gift. And usually it's like some crap from your house that you didn't want anymore that you just gave to someone else. And so everyone else just kind of traded funny junk and it was funny. But in our office, it's it's kind of half and half where half the people will bring like nice gifts and the other half will try and be funny. And so it ends up being this really awkward thing and you end up uncomfortable because you <laughs> you don't know if you should get a nice thing or a funny thing. And people are kind of bummed about the stuff they got if they brought something nice and it's just really uncomfortable so i just don't participate because it's super awkward <laughs> but what is your understanding of white elephant gifts do you typically bring funny gifts or real gifts what do you do
1: no i mean i think people get real gifts at real gift exchanges i think it's for funny and i i mean i i don't particularly love it because it's just time and energy to find a gift for something that to make someone laugh eventually and I don't think I've ever seen someone get a white elephant gift that they actually really enjoyed. And so uh, I I feel like we're in, we're now an era where we're trying to eliminate waste because waste means more garbage. It means uh, wasting dollars that we don't have that could have been spent elsewhere and wasting time and energy when, when time is our most precious commodity. So I feel like white elephant gift exchange kind of represents the worst of all those things. There's just tons of waste there. And so I think as a result of kind of, shunned it but maybe i'm just repeating what you think
0: (laughs) i like the strong word you shunned it that's good
1: i mean i i remember going to a white elephant gift exchange in college where someone gave me pigskin so (laughs) i was like thanks a lot for this um so so yeah i mean it's not my thing
0: so in in college uh chris had these pheromones (laughs) oh no (laughs) that he had in our bathroom you had like three bottles of pheromones that were unopened
1: and so this is this is really that has nothing to do with christmas it totally does
0: so i got two of those bottles of pheromones i think you gave them i don't know why how i ended up with them but i took them and years later i still had them and we went to a white elephant party and i was like these would be the perfect (laughs) gift like these are gonna be so funny and I thought they were gonna they were gonna be a huge hit. And and they were totally dud. The person got him was like, oh pheromones. Ha ha ha. Like they didn't even think it was funny. They're like, this is kinda weird. Like, no, that's hilarious. <laughs> and it had some like sleazy name like like Dr. J's like love juice or something.
1: <laughs> it was so funny. Wow. That's amazing.
0: So if you want to know where your pheromones went, that's where they are. <laughs>
1: I don't have any recollection of this. That this sounds like a Montgomery play. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Montgomery bathed in pheromones before he went on an every date. So I hope he's listening right now.
0: Uh, I totally forgot about that until we started talking about it. <laughs> really
1: glad you brought that up.
0: Well, to wrap it up, do you, do you have any uh, any fun uh, kid Christmas stories you want to share?
1: Well, I, I will say, uh, so I took my kids uh, sledding the other day. I mean, this is this is. More of the Christmas season than Christmas itself. I took my kids sledding the other day, and I, I, uh, you know, I put them all three of them wanted to go on the same sled, and there happened to be a little bit of a bump, uh, like uh someone had made a jump at the bottom of the hill. And I kept trying to avoid it. Well, uh, I put them down one time, and the my youngest Audrey was in the front. Well, she got flipped up about five full feet in the air. I was with a buddy of mine; he had his kids, and we both witnessed my youngest end up in the middle between her siblings and land they landed the sled but she ended up in the middle but started in the front so i thought oh that was pretty cool so then i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna try to catch this on film so i catch it on film the next time and next time they completely biffed it my youngest went face planning right into a giant pile of snow and she was screaming she was done <laughs> she's done something i posted it on facebook it's a pretty epic crash but um so yeah
0: <laughs> all right well do you want to wrap us up
1: yeah hey we well, want thank thank our listeners and uh all all you startups out there that are uh, playing us through your offices we appreciate it and uh, we'd love to hear feedback any pushback to uh spencer's really strong opinions and my tepid opinions uh would be very much appreciated
0: you just called me spencer
1: oh <laughs> sorry i was thinking about freaking montgomery you got montgomery on your mind <laughs> sorry andrew